Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam, and today I'm talking with Brenna Stahl, the brand ambassador for Coach Mom. Brenna is a renowned speaker, mentors, pastor's wife, and mother of seven children. She has been mentoring women for 25 years and has spoken to hundreds of moms organizations on the local level, as well as the MOPS International Convention. She is the brand ambassador of Coach Mom, which she launched in 2007 and does professional coaching to moms internationally in her Coach Mom Tribe membership group. Stell is the author of Coach Mom, Seven Strategies for Organizing Your Family into an All-Star Team, an international bestseller in eight categories in five countries. Welcome, Brenna. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Cam. I'm so excited to be here. We were just talking about how passionate we are about this, and I want to ask where, you know, coach moms get started. My guess is it has something to do with having seven of your own kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I needed so much help myself as a mom. Um, I found that I was overwhelmed. I had four children, and I could hardly get anywhere on time. I was when it was time to leave, we were looking for shoes, we were looking for keys, I was overwhelmed. And I realized, you know what, I can't basically wing it anymore. I'm more (laughs) of a big person at like, I'm not into details. And this can be a problem when you have a lot of children, (laughs) a lot of people to take care of. I've actually had personality professionals sit down with me and look at my profile and go, you're in charge of and at that time, it was five kids and like laugh at me. And they're like, oh, this is funny. So God knew I needed some strategies, right? Some boundaries and some things that might be even common sense to a detailed person. Mm -hmm. I needed some help. And so I started praying for like, how do I bring order here? And actually, God brought ideas. Like all of a sudden ideas were coming out of, I would read something in a magazine. I would do this and it would like spur my own idea. And I would think, I could apply that in my home this way. And I started trying these things and they worked. And Mm -hmm. so that's what it, you know, it just started working for me. And then my neighbors started asking like, what are you doing? What teach us, you know? And I was talking with them like one-on-one. And then finally I said, you know what? Like, it's more, can we just form a class? (laughs) Because let's just all get together and talk about these things. And it was so great because we did. We, we met for six weeks and I think it was eight of my neighbors came. They came every week and it was so exciting. And then, you know, as it, I, I started speaking on the subject and then I just really felt prompted of the Lord to write a book. And I was like, this is not what I'm looking to do. By then I had five kids ages nine and under, but it was, it was a God thing. I mean, he prompted me and he provided and I got it done in four months. So it was four months with five kids, five kids ages nine and under and, and really without disturbing our family. And that was one of my most exciting things about it 
was no one in my family even knew I was writing it except for my three-year-old because the time that I spoke or the time that I chose to write each day, I realized there was one time in my day that was either 30 minutes to an hour, maybe an hour and a half when only one of my family members needed me because the others were at school, the baby was napping. And that was in the morning about nine to 9.30 or 9 to 10, depending on how long the baby napped. Mm -hmm. And that was when I wrote. And so it was really cool. I I asked my husband, because really, to bring it all together and finish the rough draft, I was like, I'm going to need more than a 30-minute block. Like, I need to lay this all out and everything. So for my birthday, I asked my husband for 24 hours to get away. (laughs) And I took a little retreat. And I remember my husband telling my um, sons, he was like, mom's going to go finish her book. She's going away for her birthday. And they were like, Oh, really? What book are you reading? My older, my older kids, you know, and my husband was like, she's writing a book, actually. And they were like, what? And I was like, yes, this shows these strategies work. You as a mom can still do big things, even when you have small kids without disturbing all the order. And it was just, it was really exciting. So, and then I've just been sharing since then. So that is absolutely phenomenal. And I love that you're sitting there going, it can be done. And I'm going to show you how, because I know there's so many parents out there that feel like their entire life is just sucked up by their, by their families. And it, it is, but I think what you're saying is we, there's ways that we can actually figure out how to manage our time, yes. and manage our energy to be yes. able to still have our passion and do what's important to us, yes. which I think is absolutely beautiful. So what is one of your tips? Okay. So for teens or for families in general, I know you um, talk about teens, Yeah, we so. talk teens mostly. Um, I'm sure parents are interested in all, but Let's focus teens mainly like we've got. So I believe one of the most powerful things that a family can do to nurture their kids is the family dinner. Mm -hmm. And really going all the way back, like there's a Harvard study, Catherine Snow, a professor of education at Harvard, did an eight year study on 65 families and tried to find out what is the biggest factor to that that impacts our children? You know, is it playtime? Is it story time? Um, is it what was the other things? Um, playtime, story time. Wait, let me check my notes. Education, mm-hmm. which you know we spend an awful lot of time thinking about that and making me sacrifices too. in every way. To make sure our kids, when they're going to school, get into just the right school or whatever, mm-hmm. or family dinner. Which one is it? Well, I've already kind of given away that. <laughs> yeah. But by far, family dinner impacted chi- child development more than any other thing. Now, I know we're talking teens today, so I just wanted to bring that up as a backdrop. That's how impactful, like, even if. That's the one thing that we're doing. Um, I know when we adopted our children at kind of, they were nine and 11, our last two, um, they were behind, they were trying to learn the English language. Um, they, they were trying to catch up to their grade level, you know? And, you know, sometimes it was just such a hard transition just to adjust to 
they are learning how to, what family life is like and things like that. And I was so glad to know, you know what? Maybe I didn't teach them one more English word today, or maybe I didn't do this or that, but you know what? We had family dinner together and I know that we made progress because we sat around the table. So um, what I'd love to do is share a few, um, a few tips, like there have been studies that actually show that family dinners with teens have a huge impact. Um, mm -hmm. The National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse at Columbia University conducted national surveys on family dinners starting in 1999 and then Project EAT, which is Eating Among Teens, uh, a research study at the University of Minnesota, they found that family dinners can significantly lower the chance your son has of getting depressed or considering suicide, bringing, bringing up your child's GPA, bringing up your, your child's self-esteem, lowering your chances, their chances of becoming obese, significantly lowering the chance that they will be sexually active that year, cutting in half the chances that they will use tobacco, cutting in half the chances they will use alcohol. And it came close to cutting in half the chances that they would use marijuana. Mm. And I mean, those are powerful, you know. Um, huge. I think those are things that most parents would love to foster in their children. <laughs> All of those 100%. things, lowering those things and upping the other things. And, and here's the interesting thing. So is it, it's really, it's powerful. And yeah. Oh, so I think we're on a little delay, but um, what I was going to say is what's interesting is a lot of parents are, very um, focused on those things, but the approach that many parents take is lecturing and nagging and, oh. you know, threatening and taking away phones and things like that, which actually have the opposite effect because they yes. stress kids out and push the kids away. And you're saying we can achieve what we're trying to achieve by spending more time with them and having dinner together. Right? I think you froze a little bit, or did I freeze a little bit? Yes, I'm freezing up a little bit. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can there you, hear you go. Okay. You're back. Okay, sorry about that. You were saying that parents are actually pushing away by, like, kind of mandating. We're going to connect, right? Yeah. Yes. I would say, you know what? The family dinner is actually... A parent's opportunity, ah, I'll start crying on this because I'm so passionate about this, to actually woo your child into a close relationship. Mm -hmm. And you know what? A lot, of, a lot of teens may not even realize it, or they might realize it, that they actually crave, because we all crave close family relationships. We really do. They want the approval, approval of their parents. I think they're just tired of being nagged, like you said. And after a while, they don't want to put up with it. It's just like, no, I don't want to hear it because 
but I think even if you've, you've been an agger, you can turn it around and you can start being encouraging and you can start doing some things to make your family feel special. Um, just some practical things. Um, for one thing, clear off the kitchen table. I, I help moms um, move from frazzled to fun by getting their homes and families organized. Well, one thing is getting the clutter out of the home. Mm. Um, really clearing off the clutter, it's amazing how physical things impact us emotionally. Mm -hmm. Just cleaning up and decluttering the house, that in and of itself can be definitely bring down the stress of you as a mom and your family members. And so clearing off the table, I, I know so many families end up just cluttering and they don't actually even have a kitchen table to eat, mm -hmm. to gather around because it's, it's stacked full of papers and stuff because it's a flat surface and it's easy to dump on. So I think first of all, just making the effort to get that cleared off and then sitting down around the table it's so rare. I've never done a study, but I know I've had now seven teenagers and many of them. And I cannot tell you how many always when our sons got, we've got five boys and two girls. So the four boys were first. And I noticed whenever they got, the kids got old enough to drive. And usually it was like at the end of their sophomore year, all of a sudden, two or three kids, two or three boys would end up showing up at our house around 4.35 almost every day. <laughs> and I finally clued into it. I didn't really even realize it. Like we just, we love having people over and we just be like, hey, why don't you stay for dinner? And you want to just stay and eat with us? And uh, I've got some miracle stories on that too. Oh, it's amazing. But I didn't even notice it till one time my parents were visiting and they, my dad was like, it's kind of funny how these guys always show up right around <laughs> dinner time." And I thought, oh, you know, it is true. You know, I hadn't even noticed it. But then I, I asked them sometimes I was like, does your family, you know, gather? And they said, no, I usually eat in my room. Most of the kids I've asked they ate in their room and they fixed their own. They're like, I just get whatever I can. And I eat in my room whenever I'm hungry. And they were so craving connections and just sitting around our table and, you know, just saying grace, bowing our heads together and thanking God and being grateful. And I mean, there's connection there. And then just asking people about their day, but you know, Turning off the TV. I know you're saying we're, we're, we're not wanting to go too far. Like we're going to turn off the TV. No, we want to woo. We want to woo and make it an experience. And even if, you know, I know there's so many stressors and people might say, I don't have time to cook and stuff. Well, there are so many options. You don't have to cook. It does not matter what you are eating. You can go pick something up, but you know what there, I will also say when I take the time to make it special, even if it's picked up, maybe I, um, like one, one example, someone had a party and had this huge, one of those biggest, biggest pans of lasagna left. 
And we ate it one night. We ate it a second night. And it, we still had some left. And everybody loved it. But I was thinking, man, I'm going to have to sell this for the third night. Because they're going to be like, we've had this. You know, I cut, them, I cut the pieces in nice little. I took it out of the pan. And I got my my pedestal, crystal pedestal <laughs> thing. And I, you know, heated it up. And then I placed it on top of the pedestal and kind of did a little extra cheese when I heated it up and people came in and they were like wow I mean literally this was the third time within like five days that we had lasagna but if you do little extra things to sell it I'm just saying woo them and sell it and sometimes I'm so practical I'm like I don't want to put this in a bowl I just want to leave it in the sack and everyone can reach in and get their whatever carrots or whatever. But when I, I just think, you know what, let me just push through that thought and make it, put it in a pretty bowl and just doing stuff like that. Like people notice Mm -hmm. kids notice and they feel special and um, just gathering around the table and just go, Hey, we're going to talk and, and we're going to try something different. I know we usually have the TV on, but we just want to we just want to connect and they might at first be like, uh, you know, but I'll tell you, as you make sure, as parents make sure this is going to be a positive time, a positive experience. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk about grades. We're not going to p- talk about driving too fast in your car. We're not going to talk about um, your chores. We're literally just going to talk and believe me, they will put down their guard and they, they will start looking forward to it. And if your team doesn't want to talk, I mean, most people do want to talk about themselves. <laughs> so not at first, they're probably going to be skeptical because they're going to think, what, what, where are they going with this? Like, it always comes down to what what's I'm not the trap. <laughs> yeah, what's the trap? So try to make it just encouraging and ask them about, maybe keep it more surface, you know, but saying we're going to we're going to have a conversation starter just try to do a little better job of connecting and what's your high for the day what was your low for the day and go around and just share something non-threatening like that but then the more they let their guard down I'm telling you if you you know what your child's passion is typically if it's playing the drums then you're asking them what are you what are you hearing about drums lately (laughs) like and just telling them asking them about stuff they're interested in, Mm -hmm. they will talk. Absolutely. So Brenna, I know one of the biggest probably questions people are having right now is how do you find the time? Because to sit down, because everyone has, even during the pandemic, everyone had so many things that they were doing. Schedules were all over the place. And this is with parents with like one or two children can't find time. You found time with seven kids. How? You know, and it wasn't always all seven of us every single mm-hmm. night, but we really did aim and we still do aim. Um, we've only got two at home now. We've got four in college, one's out married. Um, but to have four to five nights a week where most of us, you know, almost all, if not all, are there, um, we just had to get creative mm-hmm. because every one of our kids was in sports. Every one of our kids was in music. Um, it's not easy. I totally recognize it. 
one thing is we need to take a hard look at our schedules sometimes. The hard thing is as teens, you know, you can control when your kids are small, you can control, am I going to put them on this team or not? And I do encourage those of you who have small children, wait as long as you can and keep <laughs> control because when they get into high school, you literally don't. Like the coaches will tell them they have to be there over spring break for practice. If so, forget the family ski trip. I mean, those go out the door. There are certain things you cannot do. So you have to work around that schedule, but trying to find a creative way, even if it's breakfast or if it's a dessert moment or like a snack moment in the evening where, hey, we're just going to sit down for 10 minutes or 15. There is something about gathering, sitting together and connecting. And I can tell you, I've, I've noticed such a big, big difference. Um, like we, we believe in fasting and praying and things like that. And I can tell you on the days that we're fasting and we don't sit together, like not, we don't make our kids fast or anything like that. Some of the older ones have done that on their, in and of themselves, made their own decision. But when we don't sit together, literally, I feel a void on those days. I can feel it. It's like, I'm connecting more with God because I'm fasting and praying, but we miss that time. There's something that happens when you sit and dine together. And I wanted to bring up if people are skeptical and they're like, well, my team doesn't want anything to have with us, anything, you know, they're not going to want to do this. Well, um, CASA, the, let's see, it's the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse. They did a survey that was among teens who reported infrequent dinners and 60% said they would like to have dinner with their parents more often. And that's even kids that might be a little skeptical. Like I can promise you, if you start in and keep it positive mm -hmm. and you just make, that's what we've tried to guard over our family dinner time and then have like, we do still need to address family issues sometimes. And we'll just say, Hey, we're all going to meet in, the family room at 8.30 or 9 or whatever, and we have some things we need to talk through. But we try not to do that over family dinner because we just want to keep it positive. So that and then splitting up the responsibilities. Um, I know you can't do all these things at once if you've got kids that are really like almost PTSD <laughs> about time with you. You have to let, give it some time, but as everyone relaxes into something, mom, I want you to know my whole thing is about teamwork and, and everyone really does feel better about things when they're helping. Mm -hmm. And so you can work into, Hey, why don't we, you know, do this? Like this will make this go a little faster. If everyone will hang around and a lot of times I'll just say, Hey, before we leave the kitchen, could everyone put away seven things? Mm. Well, that really adds up. Mm -hmm. People are just putting away the butter, putting away, but it actually saves so much time. So, um, you know, another two other things I wanted to share as far as um, facts, middle school teacher, Michelle Trujillo in her book, why can't we talk what teens would share if parents would listen says that tweens and teens want desperately to talk to their parents about things that are worrying them, that parents don't listen. Mm -hmm. 
And so listening, showing, and you're going to have to prove it to your kids. Like I say, they're going to come in with their guard up if this has not been a habit and if the relationship has been strained, but give it time. Don't expect them to, but just nurture them. And they want this. They want this. 79% of parents agreed that by having dinner together, they learned more about what was going on in their teen's lives. Mm -hmm. So it really is a win. It's a win all the way around. It is so important. And I love that you're sharing all these facts and numbers to Brenna, because it is something that I'm so passionate about too, and spending that time and you know, I've been working with teens, mentoring teens for like two decades now. And I tell people, because this is so true, I have yet to meet a teen that doesn't want a better relationship with their parents. Oh, absolutely. Every single one, are none, but they don't yes. know how to do it. They don't know huge, how to do yes. it. They feel like their parents are unapproachable. Yes. The, the biggest thing is parents are too busy and they don't take the time to listen they children teens need to feel like they're cared for and when they don't feel like they're even cared for then that's when they put up their guard and just say forget this then yeah forget this I'm just gonna go do whatever and I just want to encourage parents though that I feel so strongly about this that even if they've done everything wrong up to this point, and they might have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old, and they think, well, it's too late. Mm -mm. Kids are so forgiving. And even if it's been a total disaster, if all you've done is nag your kids and you've never had a family dinner and that your only conversations involve instructing them and telling them what they're doing wrong, you can go to your child right now even if they're 17 or, you know, and just say, you know what? I heard an interview. I listened to Dr. Cam and I realized today I've been doing a lot of things wrong and I want to make some changes. Kids are so forgiving. They're so, they'll, they can literally turn on a dime. And like I say, it might take them a little bit mm -hmm. of time, but they want that. They really do. And I, I want I, that. I want to just clarify too that, you know, when we do this and when we make the change to set our expectations, because I've seen parents go, well, I just did what you said and they didn't respond the way that I expected them to. And then they get frustrated. Don't put any expectations on your kids. Don't yeah. because they aren't there. If you change, it's going to take them a while to warm up. And if we have expectations that they don't live into, like I try to have a conversation and they shut me down. So now it doesn't work. You got to keep trying. And we've got to be the adults. Yeah. Yes. You can't have expectations on them. No. It's about you connecting with them, not them needing, not them connecting with you. Yeah. I think that's so important. And it, it takes, it takes a while. If, if you haven't had that connection, it takes a while. It and takes time to build it. It really does. And as they feel special, like you cleared off the table, you care, you, you've, you've taken the time to make things special. And um, like I say, it's not as important like what the food is, but just having some food. One of the things that really made me excited when I first heard that study about that Catherine Snow did with the 65 families 
I was absolutely blown away, first of all, because I realized how much time as moms we were talking about, like as our kids approached kindergarten and everything, it was like we talked about and thought about and researched about education like crazy. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people were making huge, huge sacrifices, like driving almost an hour each way, like thousands of dollars a year. And I thought, you know what? Not everyone. At first I was discouraged. Like, I can't believe it's family dinner. Like people aren't doing this, you know? And then I realized, no, this is actually good news because not every family has the resources or time to put their kids in what they feel is the best school, yeah. but every family has to eat every day. Every family has an opportunity to do this. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you don't even have a kitchen table, you can put down a blanket in the middle. Like everyone needs to eat and has this connection opportunity. So then I got really excited, you know, so it's for everyone. Oh, it's so powerful. It's so yes. good. And it is so true. Um, yes. And I think it's just really hard for parents to to comprehend that sometimes because we are so programmed to think the best thing we can do for our kids is education, education, oh, education. Yes. And I talk to teens who are so over it and they're stressed out because their parents are stressed out about their grades. And they're like, but they don't listen to me and what I love and my passions. And so I'm having, you know, panic attacks because I know yeah. I'm going to get yelled at by my parents because I can't focus on this because I don't see the point and they're not feeling connected. And it's mm -hmm. like the, the, the fix, the, the fix is actually so easy and mm -hmm. we're making it so difficult. It is so yes. easy if we do that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your insight on that. Um, and spreading that. I know there was, there was like one more and we're like going way over. So I hope you're okay. Cause I oh, I'm, I'm fine with it. I we, love you also wanted to talk about the positive affirmation and I want to have, yes. talk about that real quickly too. Okay. This, really this goes right hand in hand with what we're talking about, because we often do this around the dinner table, but it's celebrating your children. And this, this is so huge. This is so huge. And we, we use special moments in our family, like birthdays or promotions or graduation, um, things that come up. It's mainly birthdays and graduations to go around and honor, honor that person and have everyone participate in that. Like everyone just knows, like, and everyone, like if people are at our dinner table, like I said, there's always extras. <laughs> depending on who's what age, you know, um, always the juniors and seniors, you know, will be like, anyone can just add in, but we're all going to go around and just share one character quality or a special memory or something with mm. this person. It's her birthday today or something that we see and, and speaking into each other's lives and having siblings speak Whoops, I think we're a little yeah, we unstable in our bit. connections, but having, having the siblings speak into each other's and bless each other, it's basically a blessing. And then my husband always wraps it up beautifully. He's a pastor. He's fine. He's almost got his three points, you know, 
to, to share about how he puts a bow on it, but really the father's blessing is such a huge thing. And if your husband is not comfortable, like he's quiet and he doesn't want, he might even just want to jot down like on paper, if you give him a heads up, like, could we do this for so-and-so? Um, it's her birthday tomorrow. Could you be thinking about these or jot down these points and just have that right there where you could kind of read it off or something, but that's huge. And mm. even like for our teens, for each of our kids, like for their birthday parties, we let them invite the number of their, whatever their age is. If they're 16, they get to invite 16. And with so many kids, like we do every other year, a birthday party, that's their age. Like, and then every other is just like two or three friends to do something. But we have, we've always done this with their groups, with their, like, we'll say there's 16 teens here that are 16. And we're like, Hey, this is what we do mm -hmm. at someone's birthday. We're going to go around and just feel free to just share either a funny memory or something you really appreciated that this person did for you or a character quality that you see. And they really get into it. Like the teens love it. And we've even had so many. It just hit me yesterday when I was preparing for this. I thought this may be even why we've ended up hosting so many of our friends, our kids, friends, parties or graduation mm -hmm. things like if their parent wasn't prepared to or able to have a graduation party for them. Um, we ended up having one and I thought they may have really wanted that because they knew what we were going to do. Like that's how powerful it is. And we do, we do, we always, we do it for whoever we're honoring, whoever the party's for, we go around and take the time. And then personally we're Christians and we, we say a prayer of blessing over that child. And it doesn't matter how old they are. Like they don't outgrow this. They really don't. No. I mean, <laughs> so, we like it at our age, right? Yeah, exactly. And they do it for us. Like for Mother's Day last week or whenever they all went around the table mm -hmm. and they just each probably ended up sharing two or three things each. And it just went on and on. And I was just like in a bucket mm -hmm. of tears. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you know your child's love language is words of affirmation, even more, even more. Yeah. So... But just having that, I think a lot of times we assume our kids know. They know that we love them. They know yeah. that we're proud of them. They don't. They do they not know that. They need to hear it over and over and oh. over again. And so much of the time, like we see these gifts that they've been given, gifts and talents that God has put into them. But it is so second nature to them that they don't think it's anything special. They don't even realize that they have it. Yeah. So speaking that going makes them really think maybe, maybe this is true. And I can tell you sometimes the most powerful, like my son, Caleb, we have spoken into him so many times about his leadership gifts and it still has taken years and years and years and years mm -hmm. of telling him that he, it's hard for them to believe, Yeah. you know, until they hear it from other people. And then he said something one time about, wow, so-and-so said this about my, said I had this leadership gift or whatever. And I thought, <laughs> we've been telling you this for 12 years. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? But, but so it's like, they don't just need to hear it once. They need yeah. to hear it over and over again. Yeah. 
Uh, one thing too I love is one of the most powerful ways for kids to hear it is if they overhear you saying it to somebody else. Yeah. Because a lot of times when they hear you saying it, they're like, you've got to say that you're my mom. Like you, you have to say yeah. that. But when they overhear you, and I will intentionally do this where I know she's in hearing distance. Yes. And, um, you know, you say something to somebody else and they overhear and it's like, what? I mean, Absolutely. it's almost like hearing it from a strange, someone different, right? When yes, you hear I that. agree. It's super, super powerful. So Brenna, I'm going to let you go, but this has been phenomenal. And I'd love to love to continue talking with you. How do people find you and tell us about your book? Okay. Uh, Coach Mom Tribe is my website. CoachMomTribe.com is my website. And um, my book is Coach Mom, Seven Strategies for Organizing Your Family into an All-Star Team. And it's really anybody, any age could, I mean, if you have kids of any age can apply it. I've even had people that aren't even moms say, I loved your book. It helped me organize my life, get my house organized and structure my time in an intentional way. So really it's, it, it has principles in it that can be applied to any season of life. And many of my examples, of course, I share you know, this is a good way to organize your home if you have children, especially small children, things like that. But it can be applied um, anyway. And that's, you know, it's on Amazon right now. And it's also through my website. There's um, a button that actually goes to. to I Amazon. will put links so people can find it for sure. It okay. Remarkable. Any parting words of encouragement for parents with teens before we go? The main thing is like what I've already said about it's not too late. It's not too late. They, they want, mm -hmm. they do want to connect with you and just be encouraging care for them instead of what they're doing. It's more like who they are. Yeah. Um, and, and those things will come around. Um, one of my favorite quotes um, trying to remember who's Roy, Roy Lesson. Hmm. Mothers are gardeners of God, tending to the hearts of their children. And I just love that. We're tending to their hearts. Yeah. And we realize what a tender thing that really is. And it takes some time to take a deep breath in this busy world. Take a deep breath and be gentle. Yeah. It's so easy just to be barking out orders and we, we see the things that our kids aren't doing and we feel like it's our responsibility as moms to correct that. Mm -hmm. And really, I would just encourage you to tenderly garden and tend to your, to your children's hearts. And like I said, be honest with them. Kids can spot fakeness or, you know, um, I'm trying to think what the word is not being transparent or not being humble, just humble yourself before them and say, you know what? I realized I wasn't doing a very good job at this, <laughs> but I love you so much. I want you to know that I'm sorry. I've not demonstrated it this way. I focus too much on harping on this, harping on that. I want you to know I care about you. Yeah. I care about you and I want to support you. And, you know, eventually one of my favorite things with family dinners, it's kind of hard to swallow, 
but I got this idea from parenting expert and author Tim Kimmel. It's a what's your beef night Mm. and you let the kids like it might be a leftover night. Like you can choose whatever you want to eat. Let's heat it up and let's sit around the table. And what's your beef? We're going to let you talk Mm -hmm. to us. And our promise to you is we're not going to say anything to defend ourselves. We're just going to listen. And it's hard. It's hard because you want to say, but I did that because you did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to be the adults. We've literally got to be the adults and just take a step back. Realize that we care more for them we care enough to bite our tongue and just, you know, there's always at least a small part that we have to own in something and just own it. And just there's, there's power in that. And that will get you, if you feel like it's going to take a long time, well, you know what, start the wet your beef nights when you dare, (laughs) when you (laughs) dare to, when you feel like you can handle it. Yes. Um, And that will literally take you light years like ahead in set at such a fast pace and it's so true because all teens want is a voice and so much of the attitude and the and every just you know what we see is like disrespect is actually defense mechanisms because they don't feel heard and so the more your teen is pushing you away and the more attitude they're giving you the more they're saying i need to be heard and so that's, that's so powerful. So Brenna, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so grateful for that. And thank you parents for taking time out of our busy, out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn even more about how to connect with your teen and calm the drama, be sure to join me on Tuesdays for the Parenting Teens Power Hour. You have an incredible lineup of experts that are ready to share their best tips and secrets with you, and it's free. You can register at AskDrCam.com slash Power Hour. I'll put the link in the show notes. Also, if you enjoy this episode and all the amazing nuggets that Brenna shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find the show. Feel free to share it with a friend as well and have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.